Hi, I'm Ray Bercier. I'm Annie Salas. And welcome to From Surviving to Thriving for Parents. seat. Welcome back to From Surviving to Thriving for Parents. This is episode 20. I am Raymond Bercier, and if you are a parent or soon-to-be parent who wants to be the parent that you always needed or the parent that they need you to be, then you're in the right place. This show is all about you because giving your kids the best start in life starts with giving yourself your best. And today, we start something amazing that I can't wait to share with you. As parents trying to become the parents that you and I always needed, or the parents that they, our kids, need us to be, this is a journey, not a pit stop. There's an ancient Chinese proverb that I absolutely love that goes, to know the road ahead, ask those coming back. And this proverb is basically why I do what I do. I've been on the road ahead, and now that I'm on my journey back, I'm here to support you, not only knowing the road ahead, but walking alongside of you every step of the way so that you too are on your journey back. One of the main lessons that I've learned on this journey, and I continue to learn, is that there is no one-size-fits-all solution for everyone. Everyone's journey is different. And what may not work for one person may work for another. On this journey, I'm always looking to learn and grow to expand my knowledge and discover new ways to improve my growth and to support you better. That's what leads me to share with you a new sub-series of this show called From Science to Woo and Everything in Between. In these sub-series, We'll be interviewing individuals from different areas of life with different journeys and perspectives who have themselves gone from surviving to thriving and have become experts in their fields. It's my goal with this interview series to provide you with different options, tools, discussions, and perspectives along your healing journey for you to consider along your journey because it's my goal with this interview series to provide you with different options, tools, discussions, and perspectives along your healing journey for you to consider along your journey to become the parent that they need you to be or the parent that you always needed. My hope is that while not every interview will resonate with everyone, there will be a little something for everyone. In today's episode, We'll be talking to Anais Salas. I met her during a live event in February called Potapalooza, where I enjoyed being a featured podcaster at this event. She had been on the cutting edge of energy healing since the early 90s, long before it became much more mainstream. As a result, many of the techniques used today were pioneered by her. Her skills with energy healing led to worldwide acclaim, and she found a passion in helping to work with burn victims. 
we had an interesting conversation. So let's jump into it without further delay, shall we? Anais has been a transformational catalyst since 1991. And in that same year, she established an energy healing internship in collaboration with Moscow, Russia medical facilities. She has presented on panels with Deepak Chopra, Norman Shealy, Dr. Dean Ornish, Dr. Nikolai Karisov, and the Dalai Lama's physician, and has been a presenter for holistic events like Whole Life Expo. She is a life coach, speaker, healer, workshop retreats and events coordinator, online educator, and a creative consultant. And she's a member of our tribe. So welcome, Anise. I'm honored and grateful to have you here today. Thank you, Ray. It's delightful to meet you. I'm excited about what we're going to explore. This is great. So am I. At the end of each show, I usually end with a quote saying, to the journey, because life happens in the journey and not the destination. The destination's always moving because every mountain we climb and we reach the peak, there's always another mountain to climb. So can you share with us a little about your journey and how you got here today? One word, really, creativity. Creativity is an amazing force in any human life. And it's part of everyone's journey, one way or another. And it can either be part of the journey being joyfully expressed, or it can be part of the journey being painfully suppressed. But it's always there. Amazing. Now, what has creativity meant specifically to you in your life? How has it impacted your life? Well, I started sculpting chalk and soap when I was three. I used to use a straight pin because that was the only sharp implement I was trusted with. And I would carve soap and chalk. And then I went to drawing and I went into making things with aluminum foil and play, imaginative play and singing and dancing. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful to have a lot of space as a young child to express that way. It was just great. That's amazing. Were your parents supportive of this? They were. They were very supportive of it. And they were grateful because I had so much energy that they, they were clear from early on. Give her space. Give her some creative implements. Get out of the way. Step back and leave her alone. And then the house will be fine by the time we get to dinner. It's amazing. And that's one of the things that I think nowadays it's more important than ever is that with conscious parenting, you need to be able to let your kids have their space and have that room for creativity. Nothing can't be, it doesn't mean that routine can't be part of it, but you definitely need to have that open space to be able to let you know the children be who they are, express who they are, because that will help them as they move forward. It's so important. And it doesn't have to be structured anything. Give a kid a stick, a twig, and a mud puddle, and it's on. Exactly. You don't, we don't get enough of those anymore with our kids, unfortunately. Now with the, uh, what I call the uh, iGod generation, instant gratification on demand. You know, gone are the days of sticks, mud, playing in puddles. They don't have to be gone. They don't have to be, you're right. Now, 
you've seen energy healing grow over your your experience um, since 1991. Can you explain and maybe to a lot of people who aren't really familiar with energy healing, what it is and how you've seen it develop over time? Energy healing is a natural part of our human existence. You cut your finger, small cut, maybe chopping carrots, and in seven days, your finger is healed. That's energy. That's your body using the energy that it has to know exactly what to do to repair your finger. So the way I see it, we have all kinds of potential to do exactly that, but we've, in my estimation, been educated out of that connection sometimes. Sometimes we've simply forgotten it. And it's one of those magical areas where we have a tremendous opportunity coming out of what we've just all been through for two years. This is a tremendous opportunity to appreciate the energy. Think about the energy that didn't happen with people not being together because we couldn't be together. And then think about the energy of what's happening right now that we're slowly coming back into connection. It's so powerful and it's so natural. It's all around us. And talking with you briefly, what is your wisdom body? What's that all about? The wisdom body is a part of us that some people will often refer to it as intuition, but it's much more than intuition. It is itself a greater part of who we are that will allow me to ask questions, to become conscious of the answers, to ask you a question or think of a question for you, and then have the opportunity to listen to you and feel how what you say or how you respond literally reverberates in the wisdom body. This is the body that will say, don't eat that. This is the body that will say, oh, you know, the usual way you go home today, why don't you make a right turn and go the long way instead? This is the body, and I've had this happen, that will say, get onto an airplane with my whole family heading for Disney World. We're all seated, and I am, my wisdom body is telling me there's a problem with the plane. And it's not safe. And I got up. And I went to my family because we were sitting in different parts of the plane. And I said, we are going to get off of this plane and get another flight. That takes courage. But my wisdom body was telling me that. And so I looked at them. I said, no, this is what I had paid for all these tickets. I was like, no, we're late. We're getting off this plane. And I went back to my seat to gather up my belongings and my family. They were all trying to figure out how are we going to do this gracefully. The pilot came on the announcement PA on the plane and said, ladies and gentlemen, we've discovered that we have a technical issue with the plane. Everyone is going to have to deboard and we'll get you on another flight. That is your wisdom body. Can anyone tap into their wisdom body? And if so, what are the best ways for them to be able to, I guess, quiet the mind to be able to access that information? It's a relationship. It's a relationship with a part of yourself that especially in our culture right now, we're kind of not given the space that we need or the time that we need 
to spend that quality of deep listening with ourselves, which is what play does. Creative play gives you the space to listen. What do you want to do? How do you feel? How, you know, it's all right there. So to develop that in yourself does require, it requires time with you, with yourself, time really listening to every impulse that comes through you, and then feeling how that interacts with someone else and seeing how that interaction makes you feel. Does it make you feel more connected to yourself or does it make you feel uncertain or maybe a little scared or hmm, like you don't know what could happen next, but it doesn't feel good. Sometimes what not knowing what's gonna happen next feels great. So just taking the time. I, for children, I think that just the act of scribbling, having blank paper and all kinds of pens, whatever's safe for them, crayons, chalk on the sidewalk, just allowing this kind of activity that is part of physical expression. This is how you begin to feel your own impulses and it becomes a relationship that you listen to and respect and it grows. Amazing. One of my goals is to help transform the lives and impact the worlds of 11 million people. And with a lot of the work that you do, you are transforming lives and you are helping to impact their worlds. What does changing the world mean to you? We have a beautiful world. And for me, the way that we change the world is that we transform ourselves from the inside out so that we're in a relationship with the world all around us that is respectful, that is kind, that is careful, that is cautious and curious, that is joyful. And when we begin from that place within ourselves and then find the way to bring that out and say to the world here, this is what I have for you, wherever you are, you know, you could be anywhere and do that. That's really simple. And to do it with other people. This is the basis of communication, of conversation, of collaboration, of finding out about other cultures, other languages, other traditions. It's the beginning of all of that coming from within and then bringing that without and saying, here, here, here I am. I want to share that with you. This is a beautiful world we're in. I want to be part of that. I want to contribute to it. I love it. Now, what are some of the best ways that you've experienced to be able to help create abundance and healing? It really is about generosity of spirit. And I think that's going to be the title of my volume two of my book. It, right now, it's the living spiral of transformation. Discover hidden power in your diverse and unique DNA, which we all need to do. But I was thinking about writing volume two, which has to come out. And I was thinking the living spiral of transformation, generosity of spirit, because how we come into this place of what is healing. When I went into the world with this energy that I could just feel it all the time. And I was like, what am I supposed to do with this? Because I didn't know anything about it. I hadn't been edu I was just, here it is. I'm like, what am I supposed to do with this? And a little voice came 
into, it was just a little voice that I heard that said, huh, I think I might like to work with bird patients. Out of nowhere, completely didn't have anything to do with my life at that moment, but it was a really clear little voice. And that little voice, again, with the wisdom body, step by step, life came to meet us and said, okay, now go here. Okay, now meet this person. Okay, now do this. And within two years of my first experience of having energy coming out of my hands, I'm now working side by side with doctors in critical burn care in a country I've never been to. I don't speak the language and I don't know anybody. Right? That's energy. I, I have a tagline. I say, everything is energy. Every energy, form of energy is conscious. Energy and consciousness is information. And when you bring that into relationship with the physical world, now you have awareness. And so that's one way that I came into this space because it's part of who we are. We're not separate from it unless we allow ourselves to be separated from it. Does that make sense? Definitely. <laughs> that's a really great point. And you touched on working with burn patients. How mm -hmm. long have you been doing that for now? Well, that began a long time ago. And um, in the course of things, I did eventually become certified as an emergency medical technician because I wanted to have the, the science background and the understanding. But when you encounter that experience, the first time I saw, I was aware that someone could be burned. I was nine years old sitting in my dentist's office and I picked up a magazine and on the front cover was a child in a war zone that was on fire. I was a child myself. And I looked at that and I thought, how does this happen? How could this possibly happen? It made such a deep impression on me. That moment, I was all by myself. I didn't have anyone to talk to about it. I would, it made such a deep impression on me because you could see the agony in this child's face. Now, when you're working with people in the burn community, surviving that, there's nothing more horrific. There's nothing more painful. There really isn't. It's excruciating. So to come into that with a sense of calm, with a sense of trusting the environment, that helping that person relax even just the tiniest little bit so they can remember that their body knows how to heal. And that's a very wonderful gift to give someone, anyone that's in any kind of a physical crisis especially burns. Now I did energy work with that. And then the doctors were amazed at some of the results because some of the people I work with didn't experience the pain and they didn't have any drugs. And the doctors were like, how did you do that? And I was like, well, I could teach you. You want me to teach you at your, your medical school? So this is what we get to do. And we're coming into a time now, I really do believe Ray, We've had such a lot of quiet time that was involuntary. And we've had a lot of suffering and scary times. But this is a transition for us to transform and to become more of what we already are and to acknowledge it. So I'm doing a summit. I'm co-hosting a summit in April. It's a summit, Life Beyond Trauma, uh, a burn survivors summit because burns happen 
every day, everywhere in the world. This is a global community. Sometimes the care goes on for years. How do we create space, for instance, for a child who's been badly burned, no fault of their own? Now they're going to school. Now they're disfigured. Now they're different. How do we create space in our world, teachers and parents and educators, so that that person's humanity is still the first thing that everybody sees? In addition to, oh, clearly something different has happened to you. Would you be willing to tell me about it? I'd like to know because I want to connect. Yeah, makes sense? Definitely. That's amazing. And that summit's coming up in April, you said? Yes, April 22, 23, 24. We're starting on Earth Day. Awesome. Because we <laughs> think that's a good connection. Now, if someone wants to be able to attend the summit, how do they go about doing this? Well, you can reach out to me. I can give you in the show notes. You'll have my email address. Yep. And we are now actually recruiting sponsors and speakers. And so there may be somebody who's listening to you right now. It's like, you know, that would be just the ticket for me. And we're, we're happy to talk to anyone. We are in a space where we're wanting to fill in some of the gaps where the care for burn survivors or more could be happening for them, especially around mental health and self-image. We'd love to, to have some help with that. So if you're someone who has that to bring to our um, gathering, we'd love to talk to you. So Ray will have my information on how you get in touch. Exactly. And I'll have it in the show notes for the show. So uh, as we end, I want to thank you for such a great and amazing conversation. This has been really, really fascinating. And I want to thank you for holding space with me here and allowing us to be able to converse. So thank you. It's a pleasure. And I love what you're doing in the world. And I hope we'll get a time to speak again and I'll get to find out more about you. Definitely. And I look forward to it. I'll listen to the show. Okay. Thank, thank you. you. I really hope you enjoyed that conversation I had with Anais, and I want to thank her again for such a great discussion. If you found this or any other episode helpful, please consider leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcast or a five-star rating on Spotify. This will help us take another step closer to our goal of transforming the lives and impacting the worlds of 11 million people. And as a special thank you to those who do leave a review, We'll read it on air and give you a special shout out at the end of an episode. That's it for today's show. Thank you for showing up for you here today. The best investment you can ever make is in yourself. Time is the most valuable commodity in this world. And I hope that I was able to give you the value and impact you need on your journey. I'll see you next week. Until then, remember that you're just one unwavering action away from a completely different life to the journey. Much love. Thank you for joining us and we hope you've gained new insight. Don't forget to subscribe, take consistent action and join us next time on From Surviving to Thriving Podcast. We're gonna take on the world.